10, 9, ignition sequence start, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The Treehouse of Liberty podcast is hosted by Jason Fornwald and comes to you from the bright red corner of the bright blue state of Maryland. Hello once again, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another episode of the Treehouse of Liberty podcast. I am your host, Jason Fornwald, and thank you so very much for deciding to join me once again. I decided to bring in a very special guest on this last edition before the election on Tuesday, somebody that you're all familiar with and who is a great friend of the show and a great friend of mine. I'm really excited to get right to it, so I'm going to do just that. Remember, you don't even have to take your shoes off before you put your feet up on the furniture here in the Treehouse of Liberty Let's rock and roll. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is my high honor and distinct privilege, and I do mean that sincerely when I talk about this man, to bring Clay Moore back into the show. Clay has become an extremely close friend of mine over the last two years. I can't think of anybody that's been more supportive of anything that I've done. And if you guys have read uh, any part of the Treehouse of Liberty Times, you know that's absolutely true. I mean, the stuff that the guy writes is just absolute genius. Um, You also know, as I mentioned last week, that Clay has received a cancer diagnosis, um, kidney cancer and lymph nodes, from what I understand. And rather than tell you that he's doing good and he's being tough and his mindset's right, I'd rather let him talk about it himself. So, Clay, tell us how you're doing, buddy. Doing pretty good. Uh, toward the end of the day and the evening, I get weak sometimes. Um, not really having any pain pain as far as that goes. The main thing that's bothering me is there's a lot of discomfort in my midsection area and the front especially. Uh, come to find out I got gallstones too, so that's kind of oh, dealing wow. another thing I'm dealing with. But that's okay. That's okay. It's nothing compared to what the country's been dealing with, um, with this liberalism that's been coming on the past few years, but right. uh, I, I feel pretty good. Next uh, next Thursday, November 5th, a week from today, as a matter of fact, I go in and they're going to start my uh, treatment process. Excellent. Uh, tell me what they're going to do. Um, a couple of things that I've read up on and a couple of things that, uh, that they've kind of talked about, not confirming to or talking about, was, of course, chemo is one, mm-hmm. um, one option. Another option is they said over the past few year, few years, the past four or five years, they've come up with a pill. I don't know what the name of it is. They want to tell you, they said they've come up with a pill that they've had reasonably good success on with this kind of cancer. So it could be, really? instead of having to go and get chemo treatment, I may be able to just take this pill. Uh, I don't know, you know, but right. y'all just keep praying for me, or if you're not the praying type, keep sending the the good vibes my way, uh, good vibrations, as the Beach Boys say, and uh, <laughs> we'll whip this thing um hopefully worse than what a Trump whips Biden in this upcoming election. So Amen. We'll see what happens. Amen. I hear that, brother. And Georgia is kind of an interesting state um, as this election goes. I know that um, generally most of the South, including Georgia, has been pretty dark red for quite a while. But now, apparently this year, Georgia's kind of gotten interesting, your home state there. What do you, what do you think about the way the election looks right now? Well, unfortunately, a lot of the South's gotten kind of interesting, even Texas. Um, everybody moved from California because they didn't like the way they, things were going out there into Texas. Right. And uh, 
unfortunately, they didn't leave their beliefs behind. They brought their beliefs <laughs> with them. So hopefully Texas can hang in there and, and hold on. As far as Georgia goes, um, we're still red most of the things. Now, you've got your big cities like Savannah and, and Macon. Um, fortunately, I live in Jones County right outside Macon. So um, that's that's a red county. It's going to be it'd probably be the only county in the United States that would be 100% red no matter who was running for Democrats or the Republicans. I mean, yeah. it's red. If you've got Atlanta and Savannah and some of the others, a lot of population there, of course, you know, so it's always pretty tight every year. But um, so far, we've been able to hang in there as, as red, and hopefully, we'll be able to stay red as will most of the South. Um, now, I looked at your map that you posted today, and uh, I agree with most of it. However, there are a couple of things that worry me a little bit. Um, I know, for example, you put North Carolina and Oregon in the red. Mm-hmm. Okay, Oregon should be in the red. As much trouble as they've been having out there with all these riots and looters and everything, anybody that votes for a, a liberal Democrat out there has got to be either crazy or just plain lack of brains. Right. Too, because they're getting their houses stormed, their businesses stormed down, police defunded, all that kind of stuff. North Carolina worries me a little bit. North Carolina has always been one of those that this kind of switches blue and red back and forth. Um, it's probably the one southern state that's, that's probably the most unreliable. Um, I know Biden polls well there, very well there, so that kind of worries me about those two. The state I find most interesting, believe it or not, is Pennsylvania. Absolutely. And I hope it goes red this year. Um, now, that's Joe Biden's home state, I guess. Quote, unquote. <laughs> He spends a lot of time in Delaware and Washington, D.C., too, but he talks right. about how he's from Pennsylvania. I don't even know if he's been in the city or not, actually, to be <laughs> honest with you. But, you know, um, so, you know, that's that's going for him or whatever, but it really, um, it really shocked me on this last debate when at the very end he said that, um, you know, when he went, and when he's come out and said that, yes, I'm you know, I'm going to eliminate fracking, and uh, coal and go with green energy, uh, you know, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Kentucky, Texas, Oklahoma, West Virginia, those states, those are, are coal-producing states. And right. um, if the people there were listening, then they don't shouldn't be voting for Joe Biden. Or there's going to be a whole lot of people that are out of work if he gets in line, whichever the case may be. Yeah, definitely. And looking at that map, and I'm going to post that on the uh, Treehouse Liberty Times tomorrow for everybody that hasn't seen it. Um, I, I went red with Oregon because the population center really is in Portland, and that's where most of the problems have been. Um, and I think that could definitely have an impact. Now, right next to there, I also went blue with Nevada. And, of course, we know that that could go either way. Um, you know, I, I think if Trump does end up losing Oregon, you know, it's, very possible that he could end up winning Nevada. And if I remember correctly, I think Oregon has six electoral votes and Nevada has seven or vice versa, something like that. It's it's not going to make a huge difference if, you know, those two flip-flop, um, which is a good thing. Right. North Carolina, I mean, that that is a concern, definitely. You know, and I kind of almost feel like the – it's not really a blue wave. I don't think it's fair to call it, you know, something that significant. But – you know, you come down through Maryland, Virginia, and then down into North Carolina, it seems like all of that is getting progressively bluer as we go. Um, and of course, 
my home state of Maryland, I know that we have absolutely no chance of voting for a Republican. I think we did for Reagan in 1980, but other than that, we've been pretty much completely blue, even though the counties out west here are are very red. Um, what are your thoughts on the two candidates at this point? I mean, obviously, we've had almost four years' worth of a, a Trump presidency, which I think we would agree has been largely successful. Um, and I think both of us look at Joe Biden certainly have some concerns. How do you compare and contrast those two? Okay, I'll get to that in just a second. I just wanted to say a couple more things oh, about sure. the electoral map before we leave. Let's flip California red, and then we don't have to worry about it. Oh, man. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> and I think Reagan carried that in 1980, and that was probably the last time also. And you talk about triggering liberals. <laughs> right. <laughs> No but, doubt. Uh, I, I made my own little map today, and uh, I didn't come up quite as high as you, but I still came up with red 276 and blue 262. So okay, I'll take it. Still a red, you know, so let's see. Um, Trump, uh, President Trump has done a lot for this country. Um, I, unfortunately, there's a lot of people, some of them in my family, that don't like the man. Not because he hasn't done well for the country, but they just don't like his personality. Mm hmm you know, and I can understand that. Uh, he's not a politician, so he's not going to go to town A and say one thing and then go to town B and say another and go to town C and say a third thing that right. contradicts it. You know, uh, what he says in town A, he's going to say in town B and he's going to say in sound state. I'm sorry, getting tongue tied here. He's going to say in town C. Um, he's very, you know, he may not be very, very popular in what he writes or tweets or texts or anything like that but it's very consistent you know? right definitely that's one thing you got to say about the man like say he's not a career politician so he doesn't play the game about you know i'm gonna scratch your back here if you scratch mine and then go to someplace else and say i'm gonna scratch your back if you scratch mine right um i do think he over tweets and over texts and uh, everything i think he he so badly wants to make sure that his viewpoints gets out there because he knows that the media is against him and that's this there's no journalism left in the United States anymore. Absolutely. Um, there's just um, political is about all there is left. Uh, people uh, choose up sides, whether they be journalists, whether they be reporters, whether they be pundits, whatever you want to call them. They choose sides ahead of time. Um, they say, well, this is who I want, and so I want to, you know, put it to them. You know, um, example, Joe Biden comes out of the ice cream shop the other day with a milkshake. <laughs> and... Um, the only thing that the reporter can ask him is, hey, what flavor did you get? Right. He said, well, we got chocolate and vanilla. And then he said something strange, which just kind of blew my mind a little bit. Um, it, I don't think this part was in most of the things that they showed, but this was a more detailed clip. He said, because we want to get some black and some white together. I did not hear that. Yes. And wow. so that kind of, you know, was he talking about the milkshake or was he talking about, you know, uh, the country. I, I don't know what it was, but right. um, it seemed like that, you know, it was a appropriate remark at the time and it didn't seem like it fit in with the text or whatever. Uh, but I remember back in Obama when uh, his first thing, he was in getting a, some ice cream one time. When they came out, they asked him the exact same thing. You know, what flavor ice cream did you get? Uh, I've never heard them ever ask a Republican candidate what flavor <laughs> ice cream did you get. It's right. About, what are you going to do about the economy? Or what do you? Why did you say this the other day about blacks or whatever? You know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, he's protected by the media. Now back to Trump for just a quick second. 
I wish he would do more bait and trap lane. And what I mean by that is just come out there and say something and then just not say any more about it and let the media run with it or whatever and let them form their own thoughts and then come back later and tell them, you know, um, jump on it and, and show them the mistakes. Um, one thing, um, for example, the mail-in voting and trot, the media says, well, you know, there's no widespread proof that fraud is is across the country there's only certain little select areas that it happens in and they're very small well you know what when i'm walking through the house and i see a cockroach out in the middle of the floor it don't take much for me to know that just because i see one cockroach doesn't mean there's another 100 or 200 in the walls right. that i can't see so um yeah that's very true million voter fraud stuff about this uh it's not what you it's not the the iceberg you see is what's underneath the iceberg. So that's going to be interesting to see what happens in this election. Um, Biden, um, <clears throat> he, his miss, his, his misspeaks. I mean, it's just, and you know, like I say the media is just protects him so much. Um, the other day I was reading an article and it talked about him, um, um, telling that, that I believe it was in Ohio. He told that voter that, you, that I don't work for you. You know, I'm not going to take you yeah. dang guns and, and all that kind of stuff. Well, they they did a fact-finding, truth-finding on that. And they come up with the idea that, well, there's not enough context. We don't know what the context was or whatever, so we can't say if he actually said it or he didn't say it. Well, it came right out of the man's mouth, just like when he said, if you elect me, your taxes are going to go up. Right. I mean, that wasn't, you know put in his mouth by somebody else, he that, you know, and he said it more than once. He said, fracking's going to go away. You know, I'm against fracking. He said that mm -hmm. more than several times, um, you know, so, and then he, then he comes back, like at the debate, this last debate, and tries to say, well, I meant it's going to go away on federal lands, but on non-federal lands, uh, we're yeah. not going to take it away. Well, that's not what he said. He said he was against fracking. Right. Hedging his bet, that um, A city, B city, this, and C city you were talking I about. I shared it with you. Go ahead, sir. I'm sorry. I, I, I said it to you. I sent it to you. That's good. I sent it to you, but there's this memo on my page about Georgians welcome Biden to Georgia. And what it is is they're setting, they're standing there with Trump flags and Trump signs as Biden's car comes by saying, welcome to Georgia. Right, right. Exactly. And uh, let me tell you, I've been throughout the South and Biden's signs, the Biden-Harris signs are in third place behind Trump, Pence, and Boyle Peanuts. So um, <laughs> they're running third behind them. Nice. Nice. Where does uh, south of the border fit in there? Um, what do you mean south of the border? You're talking about? Oh, you you are south of the border. When you're coming down from, like, if you're coming down uh, 95 from up here in oh, Yankee country. About south of the border in North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> south, to us, yeah, North Carolina is south. I don't know about you, but. Yeah, there's a little thing there called south of the border. Yeah. That's true. Uh, I haven't been there since, uh, oh gosh, in ages and ages and ages. So, right. um, you know, I don't know if it's even still open or not. I love that place when I was a kid. Oh, I did too. And Biden, as far as his running mate, Kamala Harris, um, or Kamala, I don't know whether she wants to call herself Kamala or Kamala or Kamala or Kama, 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 but, um, you know, there's, she started dating Assemblyman, California Assemblyman Willie Brown when she first got into politics. Yep. And all of a sudden, he puts her into the assistant 
state commissioner and then she becomes a state commissioner and then after that she gets an assistant ag and then she becomes california ag now i'm not saying that that you know whether she had a choice or not a choice but it sounds an awful like to me like me like she was using some personal exchange favors there to get herself up the ladder so right. i don't know but that's the rumor that's going around and that's what a lot of her the people in california are saying that, that she traded favors for that so yeah, and not only that, I mean, I, does that concern me on some level? Sure, but, you know, people have traded things for advancement in politics wow. since there have been politics. Um, right. But the other thing that concerns me is just how unlikable she is. You know, it's like when yes. she when she had her debate with Pence, I mean, it's it, and granted, I mean, he's a career politician and was in radio before that. You expect the guy to be well-spoken, you expect him to be calm and professional, and he was. And just, like, the attitude that she was giving him, you know, it seemed like something that belonged at, like, you know, a, a high school lunch table rather than a vice presidential debate. I mean, it's like she just right. seems nasty. Yeah. She's like one of the the rich girls in school that thinks everybody else is beneath her. Right. But the reason I mentioned about her trading favors on her way to the top is you never hear the media talk about that but you let trump say one thing bad about one woman from the slip of the tongue or something and they're all over that absolutely you know, once, so once again it's just a case of me showing how the media is so two-faced and so in the pocket of the liberals right. and i love the way she laughs when she has no answer for a question she oh doesn't man want yeah they'll ask the question she'll go, <laughs> no right the next one or whatever yeah. and her mind change i mean back during the democratics debate she was all over uh, uncle joe i call him uncle joe because he reminds me of i don't know if you remember petticoat junction or not but uncle joe used to sleep on the porch all the time and used to get out of doing work and all that kind of stuff and joe right. kind of reminds me of that but um she she was all over him as far as uh, him being racist and him not mm -hmm. not doing right by the black people and all that. And all of a sudden she's like, Oh, well, you know, he's a friend of the black and the blacks could never have a better friend than Joe Biden. Yeah. So, you know, but that's, that's politics. I mean, what can you say? But you know, the Dems have been that way a long time. And, and, you know, I'm going to go a little bit off PC here as if I was ever on PC to begin with, I'm <laughs> a little bit. but this isn't me saying this, this was from, um, uh, <clears throat> several Republicans. Um, most, most recently, um, Dr. Ben Carson, who um, <clears throat> is a black Republican and who's a great brain surgeon, especially among children, and is also mm -hmm. on, on Trump's cabinet. He has said this many times. Um, the inner cities are the modern-day plantations, and the Democratic Party is the plantation owners. Yep. And it's like in the old days where the slaves on the Democratic plantations relied on the slave owners to feed them, to house them, to keep them fed or whatever, and in return did all the dirty work for them that they wanted to do or anything. Right. That's the Democratic Party and the inner cities today. And uh, like I said, that's a black person that said that. Several black people have said that. Um, <clears throat> so it's not just me that thinks that way, but, um, you know, um, I've had, I've got a friend that works at the Georgia um, State Department and he uh, he works with the welfare roles, and uh, he has told me several times that there are families that are still on there from the '60s that have never had a job. Wow. You know, 
uh, the Alan Smith family, or you know, I just there's a makeup name. So if there's any Alan Smiths out there? I'm not saying that's you. Right. I'm just using you as an example. Alan Smith family. Um, the grandfather, the grandparents have were have been on welfare. The parents, the children, the grandchildren. I mean, all the way down to you know, four generations. They just they just stayed on welfare according to the roles or whatever. And that's because they're being taken care of in exchange for their votes. I mean, that's just the bottom line right, right. there. And, uh, you know, that irritates some people or some people think that I'm, I'm racist or, or unpolitically correct or whatever the case may be. Well, you know, tough. That's the truth. Nothing but the truth. And uh, that's what I, I go. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't hate liberals as people. I, I right. love them. I love right. people. But when I talk mainly about libs and the left, when I'm talking about the ideology of liberalism, the ideology of we need to change this country dramatically and make it more of a socialist, government-dependent country or whatever. To me, no. That's just like saying, King George, come on back over and take over again because, you know, we want you to rule us and we don't want to have any say in anything. We want you to make all our decisions for us and right. tell us what we get where to go and when to go. And that's the direction the Democrats are headed. And I'll be perfectly honest with you, man. I mean, it's like we know as conservatives um, that we're going to be misrepresented, that we're not going to get a fair shake, that the media is going to paint us out to be the devil and all this stuff. But when I look at a man, you you were talking about Biden. When I look at a man who didn't want black kids being bused to his kid's school because that would be the equivalent of his kids growing up in a, quote, racial jungle, his words, not mine. You know, when you look at a man who says, if you don't know if you're voting for me or for Trump, then you ain't black, you know, and that wasn't 30 or 40 years ago. That was, you know, weeks ago, months ago, you know, and so it's like he's still holding these racist positions. Then on the other hand, you look at Donald Trump and of course he's a racist. All Republicans are racist, but, you know, he oversaw the lowest black unemployment in the history of the country. He oversaw the highest black rank on the prosperity index in the history of the country. He donated, or not donated, but uh, assigned more money to historically black colleges and universities for a longer period of time than any president in the history of the country. He started opportunity zones in those liberal areas, those liberal cities that you were just talking about, to provide opportunities to those mostly black neighborhoods that have been completely underserved, if you can say they've been served at all, by liberals and Democrats, you know, and it's just so frustrating. Most of it, I can let it go because I know we're not going to get a fair shake. But when you look at a guy who has made black Americans a priority throughout his administration and he's called racist, yet the guy that makes racist comments every time he turns around, you know, he's the friend to the black people. It's insane to me and it drives me nuts. Not to mention Trump's done basically the same thing for the Hispanic population. Right, right. Absolutely true. Yeah, um, every demographic actually reached their lowest unemployment in United States history except for white males, and we hit our lowest point since Neil Armstrong walked on the moon. I mean, it's like, can we go back to the days when it was the economy, stupid? Because if it is, you know, I mean, it's a landslide. You look at when we started shutting things down because of COVID, and let's be honest, because of leftist terrorism, you know, the GDP lost 31%. Today, we found out it gained back 33.1%. So it's like we've already gained back more than we lost. That is not going to happen in a, as she put it, Harris-Biden administration. Correct. 
And that's right, because it is going to be a, well, actually, let me correct you on that. It's not going to be a Harris-Biden administration. It's going to be a Harris-Liberal administration, because all right. Biden's going to be up there for is to have a puppet string attached to his hand so he can wave to the people, while all the decisions and everything are going to be made behind his back. Yeah, and honestly, the way I'm looking at it at this point is, you know, I, I talked about Harris being so unlikable. I think they wanted her to be president all along. They realized there was no way in hell the United States of America was going to elect her. So they throw out old Uncle Joe, you know, mm-hmm. who's always oh, just Joe being Joe, and he tries to be the, you know, the down home. I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania, and I'm just like you guys. Um, knowing that he actually has a shot at getting elected, well, then Nancy Pelosi rolls out this commission that is going to look at the competency of all future presidents. Well, okay, now he's got an out without making him look bad. You know, she removes him. Kamala becomes president. Guess who becomes vice president? That would be Nancy Pelosi. You know, I mean, it's just like, it's such a scam. It is such a scam. And people just don't see it. Well, if she becomes vice president, you better get out there and buy the ice cream up first. <laughs> Absolutely true. Say, it's gonna let them eat cake like Marie Antoinette. She's gonna say, "Let them eat ice cream." Right. <laughs> yeah, and it'll be vanilla, and it'll be a Walmart Great Value brand. You know, not that there's anything wrong with with us smelly Walmart shoppers, but that's yeah. That's I, I mean, it's but, just how does this? You're a little bit older than me. How does this compare to other elections that you have seen since you've been a voter? Well, all elections have their, you know, little eyebrow-raising moments about, well, how did that happen, or what happened here, or whatever. But this is the first election. Um, Obama was close. Obama, Obama, McCain was close. But this is the first election where I can honestly say that that it is divided um, among the not only the people of the country, but among the press and and everybody like that. Of course, you've got the Fox News people that are, you know, staunchly conservative and pro-Republican, but then you've got all the other channels, MSNBC, CNN, ABC, CBS, uh, public radio, NPR, all those that that don't even bother to apologize anymore. They just come right out and, and basically, without saying the word, say, we're liberal. And what really concerns me over the past 10 or 15 years is the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court has become liberal versus conservative, and it was never set up to be that Absolutely. way. The Supreme Court should never be political. Right. It should be constitutional and nothing but constitutional. But now you've got, you know, I mean, they're talking about it, 6-3, where the conservatives, you know, have it. Uh, right. Back in, uh, in Obama, it was, well, you know, it's 5-4, it's more liberal or whatever the case may be. You know, it should never be whether it's liberal or conservative. You should never vote party lines. You should never vote party ideology. You should look at the Constitution of the United States, what it says, and rule the way the Constitution says. Right. And I think that Amy Barrett will do that. I know that a lot of the liberals are, oh, my God, we're going to be Roe versus Wade is going to go by the wayside and, and – uh, you know, we're going to lose all our, our rights and uh, gay marriage is going to go by the wayside and all that kind of stuff. Oh, and everybody's losing their health care, too. Everybody's losing their health care. Yeah. It's not going to happen, okay? No. Um, I, I have enough trust in the conservative judges that I think they're going to rule by the Constitution because that's what 
they are. And to be honest with you, I think that the conservative judges are a little bit more on the honest side than the liberal judges. I mean, right. It may just be because I'm a staunch conservative. I see it that way. But it just seems to me that um, that's the way it is. And uh, uh, they tend to rule more on what the Constitution says instead of what, you know, the, the flavor of the month is, like the liberals tend to do a lot. Yeah. And I, I'll tell you, one of the things that really bothered me, and certainly I intend no disrespect to the woman whatsoever, and I hope that she is enjoying her well-earned rest, and I mean that sincerely, but I had never, prior to Ruth Bader Ginsburg, seen a Supreme Court justice that people were actually hardcore fans of. You know, and it was those people on the extreme left that held her up as their icon. And as you were saying, I mean, the Supreme Court was never intended to be political. That's why our founders gave them a lifetime appointment. They figured they wouldn't have to worry about being elected. They wouldn't have to impress anybody. They're up there forever, you know, and, and they could rule, as you were saying, you know, based on the law, based on the Constitution and that originalist interpretation. And I tell you what, we're going to be disappointed by Amy Coney Barrett sometimes. And I like that, you know, because yeah. she understands that document a whole hell of a lot better than I do. And I want to see her rule based on that document. Nothing else. Right. I don't want her to impress me. I don't want to be a fan of hers. You know, I, I love her. I, I really like her qualifications and the fact that she's an originalist. But I don't want to be a fan because that means that she's ruling in ways that I agree with all the time. Which is a terrible idea, you know. It is. It, it is. Um, you know, you just can't. You, you you can't do it. I mean, you can like the person, but you don't have to like them because of the way they rule. Right. You know? um, and uh, just because you like them doesn't mean they're always going to do the right thing uh, in your eyes. You know, they're going to do the right sure. thing according to the Constitution of the United States. And I'll be honest with you, I talk a lot about libs, but we got some conservatives out there that that need to. Um, be flushed down the toilet too <laughs> right they're 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 just as as rowdy and as rangy on the conservative side as, as they are on the liberal side um you know the um the idea that you know that i, I mean we're, we've come so far in racism and i really believe that even though there's still problems out there there always be problems racism is never going to go away these people right. that are out there like black lives matter and and Antifa and all those others that are out there saying, well, we're going to eliminate race. It's never going to be eliminated. As long as you have two races, and I know we've got more with Hispanics and all that, but as long as you got at least two races on this earth, there's always going to be dissension. There's always going to be racism yep. going both ways. Okay? So it's never going to disappear completely. And I know that there are some black people out there, and I can understand and sympathize with them. They get a, might get a little scared when they see a blue and red light go off behind him and a white police officer comes out of the car right but let me tell you i'm i live down here in the south and uh, i have a lot of friends that are, that are white black hispanic everything and i've talked to a lot of the black people down here and yeah some of them say they're a little bit concerned from time to time but you know what most of the ones i talk to say they have never had any problems with the police you know as long as they're respectful as long as they show a good demeanor toward them and everything that's fine but when you get, but when a policeman stops you, whether you're black, white, yellow, red, orange, polka dot, blue, purple, whatever the color may be, if you're automatically going to say, well, I know this guy's out for me, so I'm going to start getting some detention, uh, dissension here, and I'm going to start, uh, you know, getting my hair 
on my back raised up and I'm going to let him know that he has no right stopping me just because I'm black or yellow or white or green or orange or whatever, right. then yeah, that attitude is going to show through. And if you do that attitude, you're asking for some trouble. You know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. And I think that's what happens most of these times. I'm not saying that a lot of these people deserve what they get. You know, like George Floyd, that was an absolute disgrace. Agreed and, completely. Uh, that should have never happened or whatever. But at the same time, I look at it and say, maybe if he would have handled a little bit differently, maybe he'd be alive and breathing today. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I spend a little bit of time in law enforcement, as you know, and the one rule that I had was that my attitude was going to reflect yours. If right. I come up to your window, yes, sir, no, sir, how you doing, sir, you know, whatever, I'm going to treat you just as respectfully, if not more so. You know, I mean, I always tried to establish that respect from the beginning. I was going to be the first one to speak. Good evening, sir. How you doing? You know, here's why I stopped you. Can I please see your information? You know, and if that person cooperates, odds are I wasn't even writing a warning, to be honest with you. I speed. I didn't like writing speeding ticket tickets because I felt like a complete hypocrite. You know, I wasn't I was looking for something else if I pulled you over, whether it be guns, drugs, DUI, whatever it was. But once I made that initial show of respect, the way the rest of the stop went was based on you. You know, I mean, if you're reaching for something in the car that I can't see quickly, if you're trying to jump out of the car, you know, we're going to have a bad time. You know, but you decided we were going to have a bad time. Now, are there bad police officers? Yes, there are. You know, I I worked with a guy who was, he was too gung-ho. He never hurt anybody, thankfully. But, I mean, he was one of those guys. He was in your face. He was the police. He had the S on his chest. You know, you were going to do shit his way. Stuff his way. Sorry, folks. You were going to do stuff his way. And if you didn't, you know, he was going to instigate you into doing something stupid. You know, those are the people I fully believe in police reform. I think we need to get the bad cops out. I think the overwhelming majority, 99% plus, are incredible men and women who put their lives on the line for us every day. Absolutely. The ones that don't do that, the ones that don't behave that way and treat people with respect, get them out because all they do is make a bad name for the 99 plus percent. Right. You know, and we, I agree. we so can't have that. <laughs> I was at the MPs for a while, too, and that was the yeah. same way. You yeah. Know, uh, you, know, you treat me with respect, I treat with you with respect. You start, you know, um, getting on to me or whatever, then I'm not going to cut you as much yeah. slack. I'm going to be a little bit tougher and a little bit more demanding of you than I normally would be. Right. But I admire our police officers as a whole because for them to stand there day after day in cities like Portland and everything and get bricks thrown at them, get uh, light shined in their eyes, uh, high beam light shined in their eyes, hurting their vision, to get water, uh, get spat on, get uh, cocktails thrown at them, and for them to just stand by there and take that and not do any retaliation. I don't know if I could do that. I couldn't. takes a lot of yeah i, I couldn't i mean i'd be on i'd be on cnn every night <laughs> right <laughs> right and i think if you, you know, pull most of john q public and say okay here's what we're gonna do we're gonna line you up and we're gonna treat you like this and you see how you feel you see if you react right. most of them are gonna react but they expect right. you know our men and women in law enforcement to just stand there and take it you know like they're robots right. but right Clay, my brother, I could talk to you all night long, and I probably will do that after we end this episode right here. Um, 
But I want to I want to thank you so much for being the friend to me that you are. And I'm going to try not to get choked up while I say this. Being the friend to me that you are, being the man that you are, the example that you are, the person of faith that you are, and someone who, from the time I met you two years ago, has supported and helped with everything that I have ever done, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that, sincerely. And ladies and gentlemen, please, 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 as I asked you last week, and Clay very humbly asked you this week, please pray for our friend. You know, Clay's not new to the show. He's been on before. You guys have heard him before. He is a friend of the show. He's a friend to each of us. Just please keep him in your best thoughts and prayers. And and like he said, if you're not the praying type, send good mojo, juju, energy, whatever it is that you do, so that uh, we'll be able to keep having him on the show for a very, very long time, and I'll be able to uh, annoy him on Facebook pretty much daily. Don't worry, sir. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be here to get in your face all the time for hey, about the next 20 years at least, so be ready for it. I hear that. I wouldn't want it any other way. Ladies and gentlemen... Go ahead, buddy. I'm sorry. One quick thing. Just one please, quick thing. Please. I want to end it on and you can do it. Um, I just wanted to say, people, no matter who wins this election, let's be responsible people about it. I don't want anybody on either side going out there and causing trouble, causing riots, start shooting people down, start firebombing or whatever, whether it be libs, whether it be conservatives or whatever. However the election goes, let's remember that one thing that's unique about the United States of America over everything else is we have a peaceable trans of power and uh, let's make this one peaceable too i know it's going to be hard whichever side wins the other side is going to want to do a whole lot of stuff <laughs> and some of it may be deserved some of it may be undeserved but but let's let's be civil toward each other let's love each other and let's remember that there is more that unite us than divide us amen i could not possibly have said it better ladies and gentlemen mr clay moore clay thank you so very much for your time brother i really appreciate it an honor and a privilege for me, sir. All right. You take care. Good night, everybody. God bless you all, and God bless the United States of America. Amen, brother. Amen. And so that's going to do it for another episode of the Treehouse of Liberty podcast. I have been, as always, your host, Jason Fornwalt, and I hope you guys really enjoyed getting a chance to hear from Clay again. He's one of those people who can break down enormous, difficult-to-understand topics in a way that literally anyone can understand. Um, I'm not going to say he's quite Neil deGrasse Tyson, um, but I do like both of those guys really for the same reason. Um, you know, They both can, can break things down to the point where I'm able to grasp it, and if I can grasp it, I know you guys can too. But it's always fun to have Clay... And again, please do keep him in your best thoughts and prayers, you know, however you choose to send your healing energy his way. Uh, we both certainly appreciate that. I know his family and, and other friends appreciate that as well. So please do that for us. Um, ladies and gentlemen, you know I like to hear from you anytime. You can reach me on Twitter at Treehouse1776, at Treehouse1776. Also, the Treehouse of Liberty podcast page on Facebook, Treehouse of Liberty podcast. Guess how I came up with the name for that Facebook page? I mean, that's just, wow, that's just brilliant. Um, and you can also reach me, of course, at treehouseoflibertymedia at gmail.com, treehouseoflibertymedia at gmail.com. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much once again for being here. Clay, thank you for bringing your, your hard-hitting information in a way that we can understand to the podcast. Always appreciate you, brother. Much love to you all, and we'll talk to you soon.